0: People that really succeed and, and take on an SDR role is someone that doesn't wanna be in corporate America and doesn't wanna just work a nine to five and, until like 30 years, until they maybe one day get a pension. This, this is someone who always seeks a challenge in themselves and this is someone that you know wants to be a part of the future.
1: The one and only Mateo Elvira is the guest on SalesCast this week. Mateo and I have become very fast friends. Uh, We help each other out a whole lot. To me, that's what this whole thing is about. Mateo's passion is helping people get into the sales development world. He started his own recruiting company called SalesDevSource.com. Check out the website. He's got his own podcast, uh, the Sales Dev Squad podcast. Um, He's not waiting for anybody. He's making moves. Mateo's an SDR, a Go Guardian, and he can makes it seem like I'm helping him a whole lot, but in reality, he's motivating me. He's just going out there and doing stuff like I'm following his lead um, by starting the Salescast show. Uh, I probably wouldn't have done this on my own if I didn't watch him do it first. You meet somebody with that kind of drive And it's just rare uh, S T R starts his own show Starts his own recruiting company He's got resume templates out there He's helping people with interview questions um, Helping them land gigs uh, changing, changing people's lives, really, in that sense So, Mateo's a huge, huge, huge inspiration for me all right, right Matteo Elvira, CEO of Sales Dev Source
0: Recruiting. What's up, my man? Patrick, thanks so much for having me, man. Um, I know it's been a couple of days since I last texted you, but I'm um, happy I'm able to join you on the pod here, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, huge fan of yours in general. Just, I, I think, you know, maybe just tell people, how did we even meet? Like, how did, how did we start this whole thing?
0: Yeah, uh, I think it was around the time that I started the Sales Tip Squad podcast, and I was looking for some really kick-ass guests, and I think a mutual friend, Natalie of ours, um, kind of connected us to, and um, not only were you generous enough to like be one of the first guests, which I'm really appreciative of, but um, I think we've really developed an awesome friendship since then, and honestly, I'm so thankful that even happened, because honestly, I, I really respect you, man, and um, I feel like we're very similar in, in a lot of sense. But um, yeah, man, I mean, it was pretty much the sales dev squad that brought us together. And obviously now you're starting your own podcast, which I'm super stoked because you have some awesome guests on deck and um, dude, you're blowing up on LinkedIn and obviously uh, full cast is blowing up as well, man. So um, I, I'm just super stoked, man. I mean, I, I'm really surprised how far our friendship has taken us since that just initial meeting of just having you on the podcast, and that's, I guess that's kind of how we met, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the feeling is mutual. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of yours because, uh, you started your own show, basically gave me the idea to start my own show. And then you even took it a step further and started your own company. And it just, it, it just been so impressive to, to watch. Like I met you from doing your show in, in one of the first couple episodes, obviously you re- are returning the favor and doing the same thing for me now. But then like just, wa- just watching you, you're like a step ahead. You're always thinking, you're always going for the next thing and, and started your own company. So can you tell us about that?
0: Absolutely. Um, appreciate it, Patrick. But yeah, man, um, I mean, both you and I have been SDRs and we both you know, had the opportunity to do this great job and, um, after thinking, you know, just so many SDR opportunities out there, there's so many, uh, so so much great talent out there. And, um, I, I really just saw an opportunity to not only help SDRs, um, you know, find great opportunities, but also just help awesome companies and high growth organizations within SaaS um, find great talent. Cause you know, just in my experiences working in SaaS organizations, I found that recruiting is, uh, is a hard thing to do. It's not easy. And it's uh, almost the, one of the most important things when it comes to just uh, building a great organization, building a great company, building a great culture. It all comes down to the people that you have in those seats um, and the people that come every day and work their asses off. So um, just saw an opportunity to not only help SDRs, but and help people that want to be SDRs, but also help, help companies um, find great talent. And, and like I mentioned, you know, recruiting is, is, is very difficult to do. It's very time consuming. Um, you know, having phone screenings, having interviews, uh, putting job applications out the whole stress of just making sure that, you know, you are able to fill seats by specific by a specific time to meet your specific goals. And so we just want to be able to help the industry, um, not only just recruit, but, um, you know, having been SDRs ourselves, um, we're really passionate about, um, being, um, just subject matter subject matter experts in our in our craft and, and the fact that we 've been SDRs uh, we really understand the industry really no, understand what it takes to be successful and we want to pass that knowledge uh, you know pass that no- knowledge along and you know help develop uh, SDRs through our podcasts as well as just being a resource and a mentor in the industry and, um, you know, really help retain talent externally as best as we can. And, um, that's kind of what we're up to right now at SDS. That's awesome, man. So
1: how did you even come up with the idea? Was it like around the same time you started doing the podcast or like, was it an idea that you got from doing the podcast?
0: Yeah. I mean, the podcast is pretty much originated as an idea to inspire the next generation of SDRs. And, um, You know, I I was getting a lot of messages on YouTube and just in LinkedIn in general saying like, hey, like this material is going to really help propel me and prepare me for an SDR role. And I thought, you know, obviously the podcast was just made to inspire and motivate and develop current SDRs. But after getting several messages from, you know, really great people that want to do this role and and are studying fiercely um, just to have the opportunity to interview it really just showed me that, you know, this is a platform and this is something serious that we could, you know, help companies with, um, and really take it to that next level. So after watching a couple of YouTube videos, um, about like some people that are doing recruitment in different industries, like in tech or maybe even outside of tech, uh, for example, Ben Nader, um, he has an awesome recruiting channel on YouTube as well as Brianna Rooney, who's the millionaire recruiter. Um, and they just showed me that there's, you know, a lot of opportunity and recruitment and just, we really wanted to specialize in something that we knew and something that we're born and bred in, which is obviously an SDR and a BDR. And I think, you know, that, you know, BDRs and SDRs are the lifeblood of any sales organization because they're driving that pipeline and they're having those conversations day in and out with, you know, customers and understanding their challenges and exactly how, you know, the product that they're selling fits those challenges and, you know, an SDR role is, is is underrated in my opinion. It's it's obviously the most one of the hardest roles in any company, but on that end, like it's it's one of the most important um, roles uh, for any SaaS organization. So, we just want to be able to help companies and you know help people that really want to you know find success in this career, whether they're in tech or outside of tech. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're figuring things out as we go right now, but uh, so far we've had a lot of success and. We're meeting a lot of great people and meeting a lot of great companies. So it's been a win win all around. But yeah, that's kind of how we got started.
1: Wow, man. That's it. it, I mean, it just, it's incredible um, to think about like developing the next round of talent because this job is really hard and it is super important. But one thing you mentioned that I I just have to bring this up because it blew my mind when I figured it out. You brought up Ben Nader as one of the influences that you had um and he's got a really good youtube channel about recruiting and all that kind of stuff but what was super interesting is that he recruited me to work at fullcast and like we didn't know that right so like i got the job at fullcast i got introduced to you we did a podcast so nada recruited me when i was working at the previous company um And then after you and I developed this relationship together, we start talking all the time. Uh, You tell me, Hey, there's this awesome guy, Ben Nader that has this recruiting (laughs) channel. And I, it just, it was like, it just blew my mind. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Like I, like I met this guy, talked to this guy. He got me the current job that I have. So like, it just, it felt like it just came full circle really quick right
0: there. Dude, that's awesome. Um, Yeah. I remember you telling me that and I, I, still crazy to think that i didn't even know he was in tech sales recruitment and like i don't know that that must have been a sign for us somehow
1: that's what i'm trying to say man it feels like it was all meant to be you know so anyway like the str job i think it's one of the hardest jobs in the tech industry and it's also one of the most important that was a point you made and i think that that's very very clear like being able to break into new business and find new customers out of thin air is the most important thing that any company can do. Um, But I I don't think that the role is as valued in some of those orgs as it is in others. Um, What in your experience, like what are the things that make some people successful over others? Because not everybody makes it like, like companies even plan on like, I don't know half of the, people leaving, like they plan on attrition Mm -hmm. in the SDR role. So like in your opinion, in your experience, like what makes somebody successful? Like how do you, how can you stick in the role? Like,
0: you know? Yeah. I think one thing that it really comes down to is mindset. I think having a really strong mindset and having a positive mindset and knowing like why you took this role and this is not just something that you're doing because you need a job or This is something that you're doing until you find the next job. I think it really comes down to just someone who has a positive outlook more or less on life and, you know, is, you know, driven by financial incentives and is driven by constantly developing their skills and, you know, driven by just, you know, being a part of something great. Like obviously like tech is so intuitive. It's, it's the future, you know, like. People that really succeed and and take on an SDR role is someone that doesn't want to be in corporate America and doesn't want to just work a nine to five and until like thirty years until they maybe one day get a pension. This this is someone who always seeks a challenge in themselves and this is someone that you know wants to be a part of the future and wants to build and and build great things and and solve complex problems and you know, work in, in a really, uh, mixed environment with a lot of different backgrounds and industries. So just someone who wants to find a challenge in their career, someone who's driven by obviously like money, but an opportunity in itself. But, um, it really just comes down to, to, I guess, uh, someone who, you know, views themselves being in tech long-term and, um, you know, just, just sees the value that, being an SDR has for their career, whether they wanna be an SDR for life or they wanna go into operations or marketing, but just see that having that experience for a year, year and a half, two years, is gonna dramatically uh, affect the way they view business and the way they have interactions with their family and friends. And just, just I, I, that's just what I'm really passionate about specifically. Yeah, definitely,
1: man. Like I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I I think that the mindset is probably the most important part, but what about like the day in day out grind of it? Because inevitably you're going to have to put up with some stuff as an SDR. So is there any advice you could give for just like getting through the day and like being able to see the light at the tunnel, at the end of the tunnel, even if it's like far off in the distance?
0: Yeah, I think you really got to celebrate those like micro wins. So, like, even if you don't get a demo booked at the end of the day, like getting someone to tell you, like, hey, like, follow up with me in six months or a reply to an email that you worked really hard on, or you got a hold of someone that you haven't been able to get in touch with for a while, or just, you know, really just thinking big picture and then how you're pushing things all the way to the finish line. Day by day, hour by hour. So, at the end of the day, just obviously, like yeah, like you mentioned before, we we hit record. Like, there's good days and there's bad days. So even in those bad days, just trying to pull the positives out of it and say like, hey, like what what did I do that helped me push things um, that much further? And just taking that and 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 using that as your fuel to your fire, really. Yeah,
1: hundred percent, man. And I I've had this come up even on a couple of LinkedIn threads um, that I jumped in on where you are having a really good week. But if, if you've been in SDR for even just like from, I don't know, four months, five months now, you know, that those good weeks, like not every week is going to be like that. So it's almost like you're anticipating, like, when is this going to fall off? And like, when is this going to crumble? And you know, that, that, that pain is coming. So I think that it's, it's super important for people to just like, know that there's going to be ups and downs and like be ready to like ride the wave a little bit. Uh, and just know that like, even if you missed your number this month, like the next month it's going to be better because the action that you do today, it, it takes effect like probably even two or three months from now, Mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes it takes a while to like break into these companies. So like, I, I always try to think about it like that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like the one call that you make today is, is going to land the deal, even though sometimes it does. It's like, Mm -hmm. you can't really bank on it like that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. planting those seeds. Yeah, man. And then the other thing I wanted to hit on is like, what about progression into other areas of the business? Cause you mentioned earlier, and I agree with this, like a thousand percent, more than a hundred percent. I agree with this 10 X is that people that make it through the SDR role and are successful in there like they're just, they have such a sharp edge on every other area of the business that they're going to walk into because they know how hard it is to like break into new revenue. I mean, have you seen anybody go into a different role, like going to marketing or going to sales ops or something like that?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I have a few buddies from some of my prior companies that like Obviously, like cold outbound is really hard and they did it for a year. And then, you know, they ended up actually going into a marketing development role, which I feel like is probably the easiest way to kind of like stay into sales, but not have like that pressure to, you know, be in like a strictly cold outbound role. And because they were in cold outbound for a while, like they, and obviously like have meetings with marketing, I guess you could say they're part of like the marketing department at that point. Um, They're working closely with the marketing team and providing feedback on exactly like what the customer and buyer journey is like. So I've seen a ton of people go into like uh, SDR to marketing. I feel like that's a pretty like logical like transition. But I've also seen people go from like SDR to customer success or SDR to operations. Um, There's just so many things that you could do. It really just comes down to like where you see yourself kind of growing in the company but i mean that knowledge that you learn in that SDR role will will take you will take you honestly wherever you want to go and that knowledge is so valuable
1: yeah and what are what are some of those skills that you take with you like beyond being able to just make cold calls like um cuz that's to me is is only really part of it like what would make
0: somebody that's in SDR today good at customer success next year i mean the fact that they have been on the phones and understand the challenges that they're essentially trying to discover on these cold calls. I mean, they know exactly why these customers are are buying the product. They know exactly what makes them tick and what doesn't make them tick or how much time they're spending doing specific things. And again, just having that industry product prospect knowledge. I mean you're walking into that customer success role knowing everything about the customer and why they brought the you know product. And you're there to help them succeed with that product. So, uh, I mean, I mean, sales, obviously like cold calling, like over time, you learn how to practice brevity, um, how to like negotiate at times. And obviously those are like important life skills in general. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think to me, customer success is the, the, most like natural fit for a next step. Like mm-hmm. I feel like organizations are actually like missing on that mm-hmm. and that there could be it, this natural pathway to have mm-hmm. SDRs that want to get involved with customer success, like start hopping on calls with current customers. You know, once you're a senior SDR, something like that, this is an idea that I even have for Fullcast. is that once, if you want to go that route, like once you become a senior SDR, like you start jumping on customer calls shadowing a current customer success manager right so that you're just you're just shadowing that whole process because then i feel like it's it's reciprocal right that it's uh maybe not reciprocal but like cyclical where yeah. where like you the next step you you start learning about the business right you start learning about what they're doing with the software and then you get these extra insights that actually help you make the next call better to the next new customer that you're trying to find Where you say, look, I worked with this company, company X and uh, talked to one of their managers and this is what they use the product for. Like, that's an incredible selling point. Like telling a customer story is like the best way that you can convince somebody mm-hmm. that what you're doing works for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they pass that down to the other SDRs, right? You have a senior SDR that wants to go to customer success they start learning all the customer stories and then they start telling those customer stories to the new SDRs. And it's like this whole like flywheel effect of like, it, you just will be able to start um, like bringing new people into the business, um, you know, with with your solution based on the fact that you've got some really good stories in there. So that's just one thing that I've been thinking about.
0: So you feel like more SaaS companies need to have more of like customer success and SDR uh, alignment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And even like the thing is with an SDR world, like you, um, you get the meeting and you go to the next call, you get the meeting, you go to the next call. You don't spend a ton of time, like learning about that business, watching the deal mm-hmm. close and then watching what happens after. And I think that we're just whiffing on that. We're just completely missing it. Like that's mm-hmm. something
0: that we need to be doing. I, I, I didn't even think about it that way, man. I think, think that's that's super important to really understand like where, where your prospects are going after they buy and their experiences there and furthermore.
1: And then even more than just customer success, I feel like it needs to happen in all the other departments too. So if an SDR wants to become a closer, they should align with one of those closers with the top closers in the company, the account executives, like right off the bat. If an SDR wants to go into marketing, that's their long-term goal. They should be aligned with the marketing department and figuring out how are these leads coming in to the business? Like, where did you get the mm-hmm. phone numbers to call me? Why did the person download this white paper, etc., cetera, et cetera. Right. Like just aligning sales with all those other parts of the business because top of funnel is hard, man. It's just, it's just super duper hard. Like I think that you and I have both worked in situations where, that alignment is missing and it just mm-hmm. makes the job like exponentially more
0: difficult. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are, are there any other departments that you could think of outside of customer success or marketing that you feel like, uh, could be better aligned?
1: Yeah. The way I see it is, um, the options for an SDR are you could become a closer. So stay in the sales track. You could become a marketer. You could go to the marketing route. You could become customer success. You could go that route. And then the last one is sales operations, right? I mean, there's also a subcategory of people that are going to become leadership. Like I always wanted to do sales leadership. That was my thing. I like watching people develop. I was a teacher, et cetera. But I, I really think that sales ops could use, and I've seen it happen in multiple companies too, where there's somebody that gets their foot in the doors in SDR they crush it. They're maybe not the best in sales. It's not like their true calling in life. Yeah, They're more analytical of a person, but then they go over to sales ops and they have this like perspective on how, like what the nuts and bolts are for how the, how Salesforce should run, you know, like, like what are the fields that you should be able to fill in? Like, um, you know, how do you set up the opportunity records to get the right information over the closers? Like, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. And if, you have been in the chair as an SDR for six months or eight months or, you know, a year and a half or whatever, like you're going to have that perspective so much more.
0: And those workflows too, like understanding the SDR workflows and then taking that to sales ops and such.
1: Yeah. And trying to make it more efficient for everybody, you Mm know? Absolutely. that's pretty much how I see it. So, um, let's get back to SDS. Like what are, what are you guys, Working on
0: now, like like, what are the next steps? What kind of companies are you helping out? Yeah, man, um, we're working with all sorts of companies. Um, really, any company that needs prospecting done or needs SDRs, AEs, sales managers. Um, really, just trying to be a one-stop shop for these SaaS companies. Uh, we're working with companies in agriculture, companies in retail, companies that do ad sales. So, um, we're really not trying to focus on a specific niche, um, really just help SaaS companies and, you know, even companies just outside of SaaS that need some help recruiting, you know, finding good talent is tough. And, um, you know, we want to really help sell your company and, and almost be like recruiters working externally for your organization while not working like in your organization, so to speak.
1: And you bring up a good point too, because I think in the SaaS industry, like software, in particular in 2020 we're like hyper-developed salespeople right because it's there's so much pressure to bring in new revenue based on like the venture capital money so that when uh like a sas sas quality sdr walks into like the agriculture industry it's like you can just tear it up because they're not used to like having that that type of mentality like that kind of work ethic and like those like just hard and fast skills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Some exciting stuff. And I also think like that the concept of software as a service is going to start to devour all these other industries. Like you'll see it show up in construction. You'll see it show up. It's already coming into real estate. You seeing all these different real estate SaaS companies pop up agriculture. Like you mentioned, like, I think that it's just going to get, I, my opinion is that it's only going to get bigger.
0: What do you expect, or where do you kind of see like SaaS growing? Like it's crazy because like I was watching a video on YouTube yesterday about how like tech absolutely like changed the housing market in San Francisco, and how like there's just so much, so many tech employees there that it, it changed the way San Francisco is as a city, and that blows my mind. I mean, what like what 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 kind of an impact do you see like SaaS companies and just tech in general like changing in the us and the world like in 10 years from now
1: i think a lot of the stuff that we do is going to be automated by subscription-based software like uh even i don't know about 10 years maybe 20 years maybe 30 but i think in our lifetime you'll see um ride share with even automated driving, like, you know, driverless cars and that kind of thing. Google's like testing that stuff out in California right now. Um, I could imagine a business where you pay a subscription every month and you get a ride to work like that kind of, I mean, even on that level, I could, I could imagine it, but beyond that, I think just it's, it's going to start to take over like a lot of the, um, you know, you, you want to get something notarized, these days, you have to like walk into a UPS and there's like some public notary there that like stamps a piece of paper with a stamp. (laughs) Like how, I mean, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's the year 2020 and we're like stamping a piece of paper with like a rubber stamp still to like get a document notarized. Like surely there's a digital solution with like blockchain, you know, just something like that. I can imagine it. I think everything it's going to like just completely start to devour other industries entirely
0: dude absolutely i actually had a question for you man because i love i love reading your posts on linkedin and i think you you do a really good job of like leveraging email communication as as a means to like book meetings or like branding or really just introducing yourself um Like, do you think email is the future of sales or like, where do you kind of see email as a channel in like sales development and STRs, um, kind of in the future?
1: I don't think email is going anywhere. I think the next step is video. If I, I mean, if I had to be totally honest, I think, I think people, a lot of people haven't really caught up yet and maybe it'll change as like everybody starts to do it but I see this huge, like email is the vehicle. And then I see, um, you know, the video is the driver almost where like, what are you putting in the emails? Like, is it just plain like blank text? Sometimes that works better, right? Like, um, people don't like getting marketing emails. So if your email is too clean and too polished, it just gets deleted. But if it looks like it's a communication from a real person, like I was talking with Jay Michael a lot about these like pattern interrupts uh, and just trying to like, even just like leaving a misspelling in your email intentionally, just so that it comes off as like a human wrote it, you know? Um, And if it's like super tight and super clean and it uses like this, like, I don't know, like marketing heavy, like advertising language, it just gets deleted right away. The companies I think are, are killing the game with that kind of stuff or like gong and drift. Um, I know gong, um, they made a, a post about how they updated their privacy policy for like the California consumer protection act. And th- like people were retweeting their privacy policy email. Cause they put like a Britney Spears gif in it where she was like dancing, <laughs> you know, it just, I mean, just like being goofy, doing something different, like using mm-hmm. a gif or whatever, but ultimately email is not going anywhere because people live on their phones. Like, if, like having a, a smartphone has basically become like an integrated part of like having a business and like trying to have a career. It's pretty people pretty like everybody pretty much has one. And it just, it's such an, um, it's not the fastest way to communicate, but is it's just easy to keep track of all of your conversations in an email account. People even have multiple email accounts. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's going anywhere, but I think
0: video is going to be the next driver. What, what are you usually saying in your videos? Like, is it like exactly like a cold call would be, but like just video form or like, what are you usually saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like a voicemail. Video is the new voicemail to me. <laughs> like seriously, I mean, it. I, like I'm just, I'm putting it all together at this point, right? Where you send somebody a cold email, um, in, obviously in outreach, we can track, like, did they open it? So once I get two or three opens on the same email, that means that that person has gone back to it at some point, right? Like outreach or sales loft, like they show you if the person went back to the email and opened it again. So then my next message will be a video message. And I might even mention in the message, like, Hey, I saw you open my email a couple times, like just full transparency here. I've got outreach. It showed me that you clicked into it. After you went home, like, it seems like we might be able to help you out with this solution. And it just puts like another layer of human contact and like humanizes your approach like that much more.
0: Why do you think it's so important to like, show the prospect that you are a human on the other end? Like, why do you think that's so important to like emphasize that?
1: Well, my basic answer is that it's harder to say no to somebody when they're being human or I should say it the other way. It's way easier to ignore somebody that you don't think is being human with you that like just completely automated everything. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: But um, I I, I just think adding a human element, adding the human element um, makes it more likely that you're going to get some type of a response, even if the response is like, hey, timing isn't great. Like hit me up in three months with this. and We might be able to talk that's way better than getting ghosted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because then you go back to them in three months and maybe you get pushed off, right? Like maybe you, I I get this all the time where it says like, yeah, call us next quarter, quarter two, this would be good. But um, you know, my response will sometimes be to like wait a week or wait a couple days or even just the next day, send them a message with like, Hey, I heard you. I'll call you in three months. This is why some of our customers have implemented right away and just give a list. And I have those quotes like stored up. Like I have like a word doc that's stored Mm. with like reasons why people signed up. Cause whenever somebody signs up, like we'll ask them, you know, what were the important things? Like, why did you need to do this now versus three months from now? Like Mm. what was important enough to you that like you got to pull the trigger on this, like this month, And then you get those little tidbits and then I use those and put them in the next email. You know, when I get pushed off, like call me in six months, call me
0: in three months, like I'll just,
1: I'll list out all those reasons.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. How are things going at Fullcast? Like what, what's on the, what's on the radar for you guys?
1: Well, uh, things are going great, man. We're, we're starting to get some customers up and running in the platform. Um, You know, basically we're, trying to help companies shorten their planning cycles. So like um, our founders came from Salesforce, they ran planning at Salesforce at scale uh, and their annual planning process there took eight months, which is like most of the year, which means that they, I mean, they were only like not planning from January to April. And in those four months, they were basically like refreshing data and trying to get everything cleaned up again. So that's what the software is all about is just trying to help automate a lot of those processes and put some um, like policies in place in Salesforce to get the data to be constantly cleaned and to like automate a lot of the processes about um, like setting up a quota plan and setting up the territories and setting up routing um, sort of like all in the same place. And it's kind of like, segmented across different tools today and people are using excel um but the thing that uh our founders figured out is that as your company continues to scale like you're doing great you're hit you've got 100 sales reps and everyone's hitting their number inevitably by the time you get to 500 sales reps something's going to come off the tracks it's going to get really really difficult Um, for like all the reasons I've been mentioning, like just getting, doing those things manually in Excel, like just takes longer and longer and longer. Um, so like that has just been really resonating with people, especially at this time of year because they just finished all their SKOs, like the sales kickoff events and like sales ops has been just buried for the past six months, um, or three months or four months or whatever. So, um, I'm just finding a lot of resonance with like a bunch of teams that like wanted try to do it a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen that you've got some, a lot of traction over the past couple of weeks. And yeah. um, that's awesome, man.
1: Yeah, just trying to double down on that with like all those stuff, all the stuff I was talking about earlier with email and video, like those are the techniques I've been using. Um, that's the message that I've been giving. And um, yeah, it's 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 been working out. You know, we've had some really good conversations get some really big logos in the pipeline. Like I'm just, I'm just amped about it.
0: You're a true SDR, man. What can I say?
1: Yeah. Top of funnel, dude. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I don't, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know what's really next. I don't know what, what's, you know, Patrick going to be doing in 10 years, but I know that I really like figuring this top of funnel stuff out, you know, figuring out how to break into new business, how to bring people new solutions, new ideas. Like I just love it.
0: Hey, I'm curious. Like, like, do you think anyone at any point in their career, if they really want to be an SDR, they should do it, even if they might be getting paid a little bit more than what they might be going into an SDR role, but they, they just they want something new. They want a new challenge. Like, what are your thoughts around that?
1: Well, let me tell you a story. I made a post about. I don't know. I don't even remember what the original post was, but I got into this thread about how SDRs should get paid more or something like that. And I had a dude hit me up on that. I used to work with and he was telling me about an SDR at his company where the person had killed it, done a really good job as an SDR. They got promoted to manager, but then after like six or eight months, decided to actually go back into the SDR chair because they were just such a killer sales dev person and that the job was just natural fit for them. And that this is the best part. They were making over $200,000 a year as an SDR because of the way the comp structure was set up at this business. Wow. Like it was just a murderer, absolute like fiend on the phone somebody that was dialed in they knew what they were doing they knew who the prospects were they were building lists like just killing it
0: and just crushing their number every month and making 200k why do you think there's a stigma around like sdrs are that this entry-level role you know we can't pay them over 50k base salary and Um, they're just going to be in it and we're just going to use them for as long as we can. If they can funnel some stuff in the pipe for a couple months, cool. Like we've already made our money back. Like why, why aren't more organizations adopting this mentality that like, we got to pay these guys more because if we can keep these guys around for much longer, like it's, 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 it's the, the biggest ROI ever.
1: I think it's coming. I think that that is more companies are going to start doing that. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know why that segment is there. Like I I really can't even figure it out because um, sales development is like such an important part of the business. And just like you said, it's kind of viewed as like this throwaway position where like, look, if we can get our money out of them, you know, it's uh, it's great. And if not, like they'll quit and they'll move on. And we kind of plan for that financially. Mm -hmm. And like it just yeah, I I don't know. I really I, I don't I can't figure that out
0: dude um like if you were to start your own sales org like let's say like 10 years from now you're a cro or like you're a head of sales and like you want to do things right and you want to build the most badass sales org that you've ever done in your entire life like what what are some things that you are like prioritizing or things that you are just gonna make sure like actually happen that like maybe that that you've experienced as an str yourself you didn't really like feel like was a priority or just like what what are you going to do differently that you haven't seen out there
1: well i think a lot of the stuff we've been talking about with alignment between all the different departments is like the first thing and i know like the patriots are probably the most hated team in football but i'm going to use an example from them just because like it makes so much sense to me like this clicked for me this morning um the 2001 patriots They had Tom Brady as their quarterback, and he wasn't Tom Brady yet. He was the backup quarterback. Drew Bledsoe was the guy. Uh, Long story short, they make it to the Super Bowl. And normally in the Super Bowl, up until then, each player runs out of the tunnel and gets individually introduced, where they get introduced as, like, you know, um, running back. Uh, Corey Dillon or whoever—I don't remember who the running back was at the time. Like, you know, defensive back, and they say the guy's name. Like linebacker, and they say in like one by one, they run out of the tunnel into the Super Bowl. Well, the 2001 Patriots decided to get introduced as a team, which nobody had ever done before, right? Like, like they they come out of the tunnel. The the 2001 New England Patriots have decided to be introduced as a team and everybody on the team ran out of the tunnel at one time because they were one unit and they were moving together and they were like locked in to what the mission, what the mission was, Mm -hmm. what they needed to do. Everybody was doing their individual job, but they were all moving towards a a common goal together. And they like did something that like people didn't think they were going to be able to do. And I think that that element is like missing from not only sales orgs, but just like, SaaS companies in general is like, everybody has this siloed approach. We're like, we're the marketing team. We yeah. do marketing. We write the blog posts. We do lead gen and we hand it off to sales. Sales is like, we're the salespeople. We close the deals. We bring in all the money. This is us. Like you have to give us whatever we want because we're the most important part. And then like sales ops is like, we're the sales ops people. You wouldn't be able to do any of this unless unless we had our stuff together and we're the most important because we run the Salesforce instance and blah, blah, blah. And then customer success again is siloed. It's like, well, it's all recurring revenue and software as a service and you need these people to renew, or we wouldn't have a business. And it just, it just feels so separated when there really is a common goal. Like the common goal is for everybody to work together and like bring your solution to new customers. And ultimately like, make money. Mm -hmm. Right. Or like to keep it with a sports analogy, like there's five people on the floor on a basketball team, but everybody wants the ball to go through the hoop, man. Like the point guards and the forwards are talking to each other while they're on the court. Like they're communicating. They have plays that they've worked out together. They're synced in. Like they work this stuff out in practice. It's not like the point guard is really just going to um like work for themselves and make sure that they look good and that they get the most points and they get the most you know assists or whatever like that's not going to work out for the team if everybody's looking out for their own interests so i mean that's that's like the major thing that i would change about how i see a lot of these businesses run
0: and what do you think it takes like the person at the top does it take the people in the seats like i feel like it's more than one attributing factor like what what are those attributing factors
1: I think it comes from leadership, man. Like I really do. I think because, and it starts at the beginning because, um, the whole idea of specializing different roles basically comes from like a company scales and you can't have, you know, um, the same person doing marketing as doing sales development as closing deals. But when a company is really small, it's like, you have a small number of employees, um, You know, you can have everybody kind of doing everything where like, you know, and you basically only do like the things that you need to get done in order to make the business operate. But then as you continue to scale, you have like these specialized roles where you have somebody that's like hyper focused on like one task. But I I think that we're just like we're missing that like that connective tissue across all the different areas of the business. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Dude, it would be. One hell of a ride building a sales org with you, man.
1: <laughs> it's, it's been, uh, I mean, we're pretty much doing that at full cast. Like me and Sean, like it's a sales team of two and, and we're, we're trying to figure it out. You know, we're basically like trying to do our own marketing and like trying to let people know about the solution and, and we're just trying to figure it out. Like I don't have all the answers. You know, we're still learning. We're like learning as we go. And that's, what's really been exciting about this.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. I'm super stoked for you guys.
1: (sighs) Thank you. Thank you. Totally appreciate it. It's, it's fun to think about, you know, and like, I I guess that's why I ended up like hooking up, um, with, with sales dev source, like just trying to help you guys figure that out. Cause I have a lot of ideas and like, I want to see that stuff um come to fruition for you like you know that's what would make me feel really pumped
0: it's funny man yeah i was i was on a demo with outreach and i think uh the ae was like hey like i saw on your linkedin that p joyce is like an advisor like that's freaking awesome and following his insta his uh, linkedin content like that guy's really that it was just crazy because like like your brand presence within the sales development community has gone from like zero to 100 in like the last month it seems um wow it's just it's crazy man like we're obviously blessed that to have you as an advisor to, to give us feedback and and such but like it's it's truly crazy how how you taken the the community by uh by i don't know man by storm man and you know it, it's
1: it's it is interesting because I'm good at like using LinkedIn and using social media. Obviously I've like, I've been using some type of social media platform since, I mean, you probably, you probably don't even remember live journal, like live journal back in the day. was like the first thing when I was in the seventh or eighth grade. So that was like in the late nineties, I was in the seventh or eighth grade. That's what people were using back then. It was AOL chat rooms, um live journal became this big thing people were using that like the early 2000s and then obviously myspace so i've just watched this whole scene develop over the past 20 years and i'm really good at like just i don't know figuring the platform out and using it but it's funny to me that you like that the the dude from outreach that you're demoing with like knows who i am yeah i mean it's like a uh, i don't know kind of a celebrity
0: man what can i say (laughs) I don't know.
1: I, I am trying to be humble. Like, I don't know much. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. I know how to use social media pretty well, but like um, I'm still figuring this thing out and I feel like we're kind of just like figuring it out together, man.
0: Dude, hundred um, percent. But what's up with Salescast, man? Like, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I just saw I'm on LinkedIn right now about your interview with uh, Chris Walker, man. Like who else you got on deck? uh Chris Walker wh- I just recorded one with Scott Ingram
1: who was absolutely fantastic that was um just an amazing experience talking to a guy like that his whole story um you know after after this episode releases like that one will be next and then I've got like Amy Volus is on deck um she's another big recruiter in the SAS industry um Seth Thompson is a guy that's like he's again like LinkedIn famous man everybody knows who that guy is just because he's good at putting himself out there on the platform um and like I I had I know nothing about this guy's industry but I know a lot about him and I know what he's selling because he's he does these videos on LinkedIn so Seth Thompson's coming up um we also have uh I I got a message back from Josh Braun Josh said he would he would do a spot oh um, yeah probably not going to be for another month or two um and yeah i'm i'm you know trying to get some more guests james bought i think i'm going to do a spot with him on his lunch break podcast and i'll see if he'll he'll do he'll do one back for me on on this show um but yeah i'm i'm pumped about it get some get some big names coming up there
0: dude yeah i mean that's it's i mean that's quite a list there man
1: <laughs> And then Morgan Ingram, I'm trying to uh, figure out a way to get his attention. You got him on the sales dev, uh, sales dev squad podcast. Um, that was an awesome interview. Like how did you, how did you even land him? Just
0: honestly hit him up. Um, took a little while and a couple of follow up messages truthfully, but, um, he was nice enough to, I mean, he didn't really give me pushback or didn't really like say that he needed to like wait, a, wait a little bit of time. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised I was able to get him on truthfully. Uh, That's
1: that's awesome.
0: But I mean, he, he's, he's definitely one of my biggest inspirations simply because I remember watching his stuff um, when, you know, I was considering like an SDR role and um, how, how it kind of came full circle in that sense is, is truly remarkable, honestly.
1: And that was one of the things Scott Ingram said too, was, I didn't have to try very hard to get his. He made a post about how he connected with somebody and it was really beneficial and he likes building relationships and that kind of thing. So I just DM'd him on LinkedIn and said like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. Would you do an interview? And he responded back like, yes, definitely. And I had to follow up with him a couple of times, but he like filled out the calendar link and just, wow, boom, it, he was on. So my point is, Guys like him, guys like Morgan Ingram that have kind of done this and like built their own shows that have been Mm -hmm. successful, they're more than happy to come and try to help somebody else do it if you're like putting the the legwork in, you
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. True gems in the field.
1: Yeah, man. Like, um, yeah, I'll I'll save it for the episode where he's in it. But he talks a lot about like, um, you know, why salespeople like to get recognized and like what the incentives are down the line like once you start making money and like it's just it'll it'll be a really good interview
0: so I'm I'm pumped for that one Dude yeah I can't wait to I can't wait to see or listen to other ones are any of them live on Spotify yet
1: Um all the old ones the first ones that I did by myself they're live on Spotify it's actually on Apple Podcasts now too Okay and um uh the Chris Walker interview is up there the I get to work on the levels and stuff that's you know Um, something I'm, I'm definitely working on. This one should come out better and then it just, it's only going to get better from there. Uh, but yeah, Chris Walker, his interview is up now.
0: Dude. Awesome. I need to check that out, man. It's, I love the new logo by the way. It's just super sleek.
1: Yeah, that was, um, I got to give a shout out to Alex Tomshaw. Um, he's actually Scott Ingram's graphic designer, uh, uh, and Jackson Lou from, uh, the one up sales development podcast recommended (laughs) me to him. So Alex got a bunch of business off of working with Scott. So if you need any graphic design work, just hit up Alex Tomsha. Um, I can, you know, link you to his profile. If, if you're out there looking for something. Sweet man. Yeah. And what about you? What about sales dev squad? What's what's next with that? Let's plug that a little bit.
0: Dude, uh, we got a nice guest. Uh, I actually had some time to interview a martial arts instructor based out of Burbank here. Um, and although he's not uh, in sales or sales development, he's a super wise, knowledgeable guy and um, started his own business after like a couple of years of just running his own martial arts shop. And so just wanted to, I don't know, just, just want to get some interesting people on there and that you know have a lot of good advice and can share some words of inspiration and wisdom just to kind of shake things up a bit i mean obviously like talking to sales leaders is great but um like you mentioned earlier you know like everyone has something to offer and um just kind of want to spice it up a bit so that that's kind of on deck here soon that's awesome man i love hearing that because you're right
1: i think you get a lot of the same messaging when you go through and like, look at all the different sales podcasts that are out there. So, uh, bringing somebody in from like a different field. And like, uh, I was talking about this with somebody else, um, on a LinkedIn thread yesterday is that, um, even if you're not like selling software as an SDR, like if you're trying to start a business, like you have to be, I mean, that's, it's sales too, right? Like even if it's a karate studio or like mm-hmm. what other, whatever other kind of business you're trying to run, like you still have to sell it at some point. So there's gotta be some kind of a valuable conversation in there. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's just an interesting guy to kind of hear his journey um, from where he started and where he's at now. And, you know, just, just the advice that he has, cause he's, he loves mentoring people and he loves, uh, he loves teaching teachers is what one thing that he mentioned because that way he can kind of get his message out there to as many people as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's <laughs> but, rad, man.
0: <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, that's that's kind of what's on deck here. But um, I mean, just just excited for 2020, man. I mean, I know it, it feels like we're almost in 2021, but. Um, I feel like you've had a lot of success so far, like in these past couple of weeks and months and SDS is obviously growing and, and doing a lot of cool things, man. So I'm super stoked to see like where we kind of end off, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, let's, um, let people know how can they get a hold of you? Like if you're looking for a job, if you, um, you know, are, are trying to get into the sales development world, like who can they reach out to? Like what do you have email or what?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you can check out our website, which is salesdevsource.com. Um, I know that uh, you have a ton of followers that follow you and your podcast. So feel free to reach out to Patrick at any point, uh, myself on LinkedIn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you want to check out our, our website, salesdevsource.com, we also have a LinkedIn page. And yeah, like I said, I mean, feel free to just message myself or Patrick directly. Um, he's been nice enough to to help us, you know, funnel some candidates and just yeah. trying to help SDRs out there. I feel like that's something that you and I both um, have a have a really big passion for. Uh, not only just being the best SDRs that we can, but paying it forward and um, helping as many people out as we can.
1: And that's it for me too. Is I just I really love helping people out. So like, even if you're just trying to get in and and you don't really know what to put in the resume or anything, like just hit me up. Like, I, I would love to try to
0: help people with that. So. Absolutely, man. Well, seriously, a pleasure. Uh, like, I always love just chopping it up with you. Um, not only because you're just a really awesome man, but uh just, dude, I, I'm really stoked to see like you blowing up on LinkedIn and just like the things that you're doing with full cast. Like, I'm literally learning every day, like on your new posts and I'm just really thankful to have you as a friend, man. So uh, I really enjoy chopping it up with you and and being a guest on this pod.
1: I'm humbled, man. I'm humbled. Seriously. Like, uh, I I can't even say it any other way. (laughs) I'm just, I'm totally humbled by that.
0: But uh, I know this won't be the first time I'll be on this podcast and you got to make another appearance on the sales dev soon. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, man, we'll do it. We'll definitely, I mean, we should even do that soon. Like, you know, we can get, we can get one down like whenever you want.
0: Dude, I'm 100% down for that.
1: All right, Mateo. Um Mateo Elvira, sales salesdevsource.com uh hit him up, send him a LinkedIn message, send me a LinkedIn message. Let's just let's get it done. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show, Mateo.
0: Dude, anytime, man. I'm I'm I'll be stoked to listen to this one on Spotify and um I'll definitely be sharing your podcast around, man.
1: Sounds great. All right, that's it.